for me, blog posts have shifted from uh, you can't go into it thinking that they're going to push you and make you mm -hmm. big or get you an engagement. I think mm -hmm. it is more about this this multifaceted package that you have to create today as an artist and, mm. and thinking about how that's going to help push your ultimate goal. goal. So if it is booking yes. shows, you need to make sure that your Spotify doesn't look dead, but you don't mm. need to blow up on Spotify. You need to make mm. sure that your social media doesn't look dead, but you don't need to blow up on social media. Mm. You need to have some content if someone searches you and some pull quotes for your press. So yep. it's just like getting these little bits lined up and putting them into place. And and mm. I, I'm a strong believer that uh, you you have to go at it from many approaches. Like I do not advertise Submit Hub as the the, the one stop shop, right? It is not the like we uh, people ask me for success cases, like name yeah. artists who've blown up because of Submit Hub, and I I, right. I cannot honestly sit here and tell you that an artist has blown up because of Submit Hub because that's just not the way it works. Sure. Like we've, we've you can help artists get the steam rolling, but they're doing other right. stuff on the side and they're yep. making awesome music and like it's a complete package. This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features annual fee, unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out districtkid.com. What's going on? Welcome to the New Music Business. I'm your host, Ari Herstand, author of How to Make It in the New Music Business, the book. Today, my guest is Jason Grishkoff. He is the founder of SubmitHub. He created the SubmitHub site that we all know some of you love, some of you hate. <laughs> uh, we get into a lot of that over the conversation today. If you've never heard of SubmitHub, well, let me just give you a breakdown of what it is because we uh, th this conversation is higher level discussions around the platform, not so much here's what my product is and how you can use it because um, at this point in the game, it's been around for, I think he said seven years and uh, most of you know what it is and have probably used it. Um, and if you haven't, let me just explain what this is. It is a it is a site where they have curators on there, reviewers, whatever you want to call them. Initially, it was just for bloggers. And it basically, you can submit your music to these curators for review to either for them to share it where wherever they share the music. So some of them will share it on their blogs and write a blog post about it. Uh, blogs aren't really as relevant now as they were seven years ago when he started this uh, for just bloggers. And but also people like like Spotify playlisters. So if you know there's independent uh, playlist curators here and they take submissions uh, and they are essentially the artist pays to submit for review and the curator is paid to review. They're not paid to share it. They're not paid to put it in their playlist or write about it or anything like that because that's actually illegal. That's against Spotify's terms. You're not allowed to pay a playlister uh, to include your song in their playlist. And if and if any playlister is asking you for money to include the song, don't do it. That's against their terms and it's just it's not worth it. And we get into this in the in the discussion, in the conversation, more about why you shouldn't do it, um, other than it's against their terms. But basically you're paying for review. 
And uh, if you haven't read my review of Submit Hub, uh, I think it was written, gosh, at this point, four or five years ago. So it, it's a little old, but it's still relevant. And I think it, it, I encourage everyone to read it. You can just Google Submit Hub review Ari's take and, and you'll find it. It gives a good foundation of uh, how Submit Hub works, what it is. But basically, that's the model. That's how it works. You can pay a couple bucks per reviewer per curator for them to listen to the song for a little bit you know they say minimum of 20 seconds but most people listen for two minutes send you some feedback on it and whether they're going to you know use it place it in their playlist or use it Uh, now they also have um another uh vertical to their platform which is newer which is uh TikTok influencers. So now you can actually not pay them for review. It's it's a completely different model. It's essentially a, an influencer marketplace where you can pl- pay influencers to use your song in their video and, and you actually just pay for play because that is how TikTok works. And, and that's not against anyone's terms. And that's, that's how it works. That's how influencers uh, make money on, on TikTok. So all this being said is, you know, I don't typically have companies on the show if you're a longtime listener i don't have companies on the new music business podcast to pitch their products i don't i don't do that and if i do and if they do come on and they're paying me to do this and it's like a partnership that we've done i'm I'm, i disclose that and and it's pretty clear about that which but we don't really do that that's not very frequent full disclosure submit hub is not paying me paying ari's taker pain we don't have a partnership here uh this I, i we're running this episode frankly because it's a long time coming um i have wanted to learn more about submit hub for years a lot of indie musicians managers and labels and frankly some major labels uh and we get into that discussion a little bit as to why and 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 how they use it are using this platform and this is a platform whether we like it or not is here right now and um i would say that my opinion was changed of it after our conversation of it and uh, i'm extremely critical of submit hub i've been very vocal about my criticisms of it i am frankly very appreciative that jason has been so open and receptive to my uh constructive critiques and criticisms over the years and actually updates the service and the platform and we got into this as well during it where i where he was taking notes is like okay we're gonna fix that and we're gonna change that and all of that stuff so all that being said if you know submit hub then i think you're really going to appreciate this uh, interview. If you've never heard of Submit Hub, well, this can be a service that you can learn about. Um, I would encourage you to read my review first, and then you can listen to this about the deeper discussions on on how the platform works and uh, and all of that. It is the wild west still out there. It is really hard to be an independent musician and manager. There are so many tools and so many platforms and so many companies out there trying to get your money, trying to get our money. It's hard to know sometimes what is legit what is a scam, what is going to help your career, what is going to hurt your career, because unfortunately, there are a lot of platforms that you can pay them a lot of money for their service, and it actually will hurt your career. We talk about that in this conversation a little bit as well. So Submit Up is one of the biggest out there, and they're ones that because so many people use them and know it, I felt like, you know what, let's pull back the curtain a little bit. Let me press Jason on on some of these hard questions that everybody has, and let's see what he has to say about it. So that's what you're going to get in this interview. Let me know what you think in the comments. If you're on YouTube, feel free to always shoot us an email at info at ariestake.com. Shoot us a DM on Instagram or TikTok. We're at ariestake on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, You can find me directly at ariherstand on Instagram. Um, I try to uh, respond to the DMs and and pop into my (laughs) requests 
gifts and others folder. Visit Ari'sTake.com, get on that email list. That is where you'll have direct access to us and where you'll we send out the most relevant information about the new music business. Uh, but first off, if you could just pause this right now, hit that follow, hit that subscribe, hit that like button on the show, however you're listening to this, so you'll get us in your feed if you want more episodes. And if you could leave us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, those really help as well. All right, let's kick into the show. Jason Grishkov, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ari. Yeah. Happy to be here. Yeah, and uh, you're coming to me from... Is it South Africa? Yeah, um, I am in Cape Town. Cape Are you Town in LA. I'm in LA. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, so it's, my it's geography is horrible. Uh, what's the climate like right now? And we're we're talking we, about the uh, 30th. Oh man, I have to convert it to Fahrenheit. So it's warm. How's that? It's warm. You're, 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 <laughs> it's okay. the opposite season, right? So you guys are getting yeah, LA, southern hemisphere. LA, heading into LA winter, which is, right. you know, I know it's tough. <laughs> which is 65 and, uh, Fahrenheit. Which is, Once it drops below 60 here, everybody cranks the heat and starts freaking out and brings out their parkas, uh, which is like a, a, you know, a moderate temp temperature uh i grew up in the midwest where we have brutal winters and so that was always hilarious to me when i first got to la but now being here 12 years i'm an la native once it drops below 60 i'm cranking the heat <laughs> but, yeah but yeah. i mean you guys you guys also have so i was just there visiting my parents and it was regularly above 90 degrees and i was just oh you're here in the summer what? What? yeah that yeah it, that's not typical that's that's like a. That we had a, a you know an aggressive couple weeks this summer um, that that was not fun, but uh, you know mostly yeah. it's like seventy five and sunny every day of the year, save for the couple weeks that you were here during the nineties, and then like a few, couple weeks in the winter when it gets chilly and rainy and stuff. That was but, my timing. That was my yeah. timing. Here we are. <laughs> Two old men talking about the weather. That's right. Mm -hmm. This whole yeah. this whole episode is just going to be us comparing yeah. the weather. Um, well, I'm glad we're connecting because you know I, I was looking back through like my notes and the review and everything. Man, I think it's been five years since we last spoke. If I have my dates correct, which is insane, four or five years, something like that. Because um, I was looking at the Ari's take review. And I think it said it posted at like early 2018 or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, <laughs> that, that review is is emblazoned in my head, and I have much <laughs> to thank you for because Submit Hub has evolved a lot since then, and uh, it, it was an eye opening review in many ways. the The reason it's so emblazoned in my head is I think you published it like three days after my daughter was born, oh, and so wow. I was in this delirium. And then Ari publishes this thing, and I'm like, "What? No, that's what? No." Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, I, ultimately, it, it was for the better, right? I mean, so so we'll just jumping right into it. One of the main sure. gripes you had was that at the time, Spotify playlisting was such a new thing, yeah, and there was so little information around it that services like Submit Hub and not just us were allowing people to connect with playlists that were potentially sketchy mm -hmm. and and you kind of shed light on in many ways on some of the stuff that was going on and for many of us and who, who were dabbling with us at the time it was a bit of a wake-up call of oh wait you know here we are playing with the information spotify has and and mm -hmm. typically the number of followers is indicative of engagement and popularity yeah. and and it was just uh so 
Yeah, it, it led to, and this was in 2018, it led mm-hmm. to, I think we only launched the Spotify stuff at the end of 2017, and okay. it led to three months of furiously trying to figure out how do I tell if a playlist is real or not? Yeah. So we can get into that, and I know you so, had a Well, a, I appreciate that. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, I, uh, you know, not every company that I review uh, looks at my reviews as constructive criticism or as as uh, positive uh, uh, as you do did i guess um you know and that I, I guess we're you know four years removed from that four or five years removed, so so you can kind of five, you know yeah. you can look back which is crazy um which you know I, and i want to cover everything that you've done uh since and where you're at now um but yeah no i you know and and as as long time listeners slash readers know like when i go when i review something i go in and like i test it you know, I don't, I don't, I've never really done anything for the SEO or for the clicks or for like to try to game the system. I didn't even know what Google SEO was until a couple of years ago once a marketing guy came and was it's like, we got to work on your SEO. And no, no, no. I was like, and the, no, but everybody says when they come to me, which is great, is like, your SEO is insane. It's incredible. What have you been doing? I'm like, posting good content i don't know i i don't i've like never tried to game the seo system or like written an article you know just for like the seo or whatever and uh and like every seo uh person that has ever kind of come in first off they're like wow like your search results are incredible for ari's take for the topics and two like there's so much we should be doing to make this better i'm just like uh i don't know but (laughs) so that's the thing so it's like you know, all that being said is like why I'm one of the very few uh, people that when I do reviews, I mean, I spent probably on the Submit Hub review, you know, it all is said and done. I don't know, maybe 20 hours working on that or something like that because, you know, I'm testing and I'm putting, you know, I'm submitting songs and going through and working it out. And, uh, you know, right. I discovered shit I remember that you didn't even know about uh, from the playlisters and I was uncovering stuff. All that being said, which I, promise you I'm arriving at the the point that relates to submit hub is um you know the intentions that I have when I'm writing something uh are very different from what I believe the intentions that your curators have on submit hub when they are um going to review something and let me just break that down a second just for people that maybe are not super familiar with what i'm talking about and then i want to hear your full response to everything my sure. intentions um you know with at least with ari's take in the blog and, and everything and now you know the podcast and, and everything we do in the academy everything that's in the book obviously that's under the ari's take umbrella is to educate and support the independent music community around the world Everything that I do and all my intention is to, um, you know, help, encourage and support and educate independent musicians. So whether if that takes me 20 hours to do something like that, to make a review that I think is going to be worthwhile, you know, because I'm a musician, like I learn in the process too. like I this is what I would normally be doing behind the scenes to try to like uncover stuff and learn it. Now, what my idea of what a submit hub curator uh, intentions are is frankly to make money. Um, and like, because the way that the business model is set up is that, um, they get paid, the curators get paid and correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is curators get paid. Um, if they listen to a song for at least 20 seconds and they write at least like five words, I think, uh, is that right? Something like that. 
Ten. Ten, ten words. Okay. In in Double. review, I was looking at the yeah. hot or not. That that's the five words thing. Yeah, I was just I was just yeah. doing, I was just reviewing some songs on hot or not, um, which we'll cover in a little bit. Um, so you know they write they write a short review. They listen to a song for twenty some seconds or something like that. So it'd be if if I'm a reviewer on the site, it'd be to my benefit to to bang out as many possible songs in the shortest amount of time period as I can to make the most amount of money. If my intentions are financial. Um, and that's like how the business model, I believe, is set up. But you're shaking your head. I see a lot of furrowed brows. Hit me back with your entire response system. And and, and oh. where did I get everything wrong? So you can correct the record and you can help me and everyone else understand yeah. where Look, this MidHub curators come from and what the business model is. It's it's easier to go in reverse, I okay. think. Oh, gosh, man. Now I'm scattered. In some ways, you're not wrong. Okay. The first thing popping into my head was that you have built a business around helping independent artists. Yeah. You're in an awesome position now. You've got a really cool job where you genuinely get to spend your days helping out artists, but you're also doing it with the knowledge that the more time and effort you put into it, the more rewards you're going to get back to it. The more yeah. people are going to come to you and the more they're going to help you out. So while you are working for altruistic reasons, you're still doing it to make money. The reason you spend 20 hours writing the Submit Hub review is because you know that that time and effort is going to help the artists that you are trying to help. Mm-hmm. And in turn, they will keep coming to you for your business, right? Sure. So I think it's a little bit unfair to say the comparison is, you know, curators are here making money, but you, you're you not doing that. And, and not let me correct the record. I, I'm not, I don't want to say that I'm better than or altruistic yeah. or whatever. I'm just saying the intentions are a little bit different. And for the record, Ari's Take didn't make any money. There was no business model around Ari's Take for the first three years of its existence. It was literally, I'm a working full-time musician and I'm getting hit up by all of these people with questions because I did everything DIY. And I'm like, well, uh, the answers, you know, there were no sites out there that explained the answers. Well, that's so, actually very similar to a blog, right? Y- if you're a music it, blog, you get into it because you're passionate about discovering your music. And this is what happened with yeah. my blog, Indie Shuffle, right? Right. Love finding your music, was sharing with my friends, started running this music blog, got emails from people. I thought, wow, this is really cool. I'm going to listen to their songs. Flash forward five years, there was 300 emails a day coming in. And suddenly exactly. that becomes completely unmanageable, right? Right. So that... That is the original reason that Submit Hub was created, not to make money. That wasn't the purpose. It was to go, okay, hold on. There are 300 emails coming in a day that I am ignoring. I'm deleting. And to be honest, my music taste was becoming pretty stale. And Mm. most music blogs were. This was 2014, 2015. We were all reposting like, oh, new Lana Del Rey, new Kid Cudi. It was just the same artist rehashed over and over from the Hypem golden days. Right. And so what we were missing was the... Like, yeah, oh, hype machine. Uh, no one was touching on these independent artists. And and I myself felt like there was a lot of music I was missing. So okay. Submit Hub's intention originally, and, and the core product is still this, was to create a simplified and streamlined way for musicians to directly contact curators and actually guarantee a response. Okay. So the... The monetization model that you mentioned, the listen for at least 20 seconds, respond within 48 hours, and leave at least 10 words of feedback. Mm -hmm. The intention of that was to demonstrate that whoever you sent the song to had actually spent some time with it. Sure. So the context of this, of course, was, you know, back in the email spam days where you just had no confirmation that existed. And the 10 words of feedback weren't necessarily meant to be a, a, a critique. That wasn't what I had envisioned. The idea was to demonstrate that you didn't listen on mute. 
Okay. So <laughs> that's the that's the core principle of, of why Submit Hub was created. It was to solve this problem. And yep. it attracted a lot of blogs in the early days, especially from Hype Machine, who were facing these similar issues. Yeah. That group of bloggers, for the most part, did it for altruistic reasons, I guess. They they weren't thinking about the money. They were still making money from ad revenue. Sure. They were thinking about a way of getting the system under control and managing it a bit better. And so I still would say that for the most part, bloggers, and again, we can't make assumptions about 2,000 different curators, right? There are sure. definitely some who are doing it exclusively because they heard they can make money. Right. We try to steer clear of those. They're typically pretty easy to spot. But bloggers, by and large, today on SubmitHub are still doing it primarily because they like writing a blog. And the money, which is usually 5 to $10 a day, is what actually keeps them logging in. It's that carrot that dangles in front of their, their nose to entice them to come back onto SubmitHub and use it. So I think there's, there's a bit of a misconception about... Again, we're generalizing, right? It's, it's a broad group here. You'll find people on either side of the spectrum. But overall, most curators are logging into SubmitHub, spending two minutes on average with each song. Mm. So you can go to submithub.com slash listens, and you'll see a list of every single active curator and their average listen time. And you'll see that the, the overall average is two minutes. I think less than 5% average below 60 seconds. And okay. if they do, we warn you up front, this curator has a history of not spending very long with each song. Oh, nice. So we're trying to let you know up front who is rushing through things and cool. who is actually spending time with songs. Yep. So generally speaking, I don't think that there is this rush. And the other reason that there wouldn't be that rush is because there's a finite supply of submissions. The mm. majority of curators are, are getting around 10 submissions a day. There are okay. definitely some on the the higher end of the spectrum who are doing this full time. They're curating full time. Uh, like right. Burp FM is probably a blog you've heard of, right? Mm -hmm. Highly in demand. I think they probably get around 100 submissions a day. I don't know the average listen time off the top of my head, but sure. you know, for them, maybe it's it's less of a finite thing and more of oh my god, I've got this huge stack to get through every day. But for most mm -hmm. of them, like you rush through your five submissions and that was it. Yeah. Furthermore, if you don't actually share any of that stuff, it's going to reflect pretty badly on your profile. So there are some other websites that incentivize sharing with extra money. Mm -hmm. um, oh man, daily, I think Daily Playlist does this where you have to hit a certain target of, of songs shared. We've steered clear of that. Playlist push also, your price is based on how often you're sharing and how engaged they are. Yep. So there are different mechanisms that people use for us. The idea has always been about letting the artist choose, but giving you as much information as we can. So when you did your review five years ago, that information was limited to two years of data collection and two years of my code. Flash forward today, and it's now you know three times more <laughs> code sure. has gone into this. So there's a lot more information that you can do to inform each of those decisions, including listen times, average approval rates, that type of stuff. So mm -hmm. to say that, the curators are doing this for money. I can neither deny nor confirm, and I think it's I think it's just a broader generalization. There well, and are, I, I want to, without a doubt, people doing it because they yeah, heard they can hustle so money. 
there's a lot of things that I want to touch on uh, before we get into this because, like, you you reference a lot, and and there there are some people listening right now who've never heard of Submit Hub before this moment right now. So I do I I do want to zoom out and I want to break down uh, just what Submit Hub is, um, and I and I and I also just want to clarify, um, it's not about are they doing it uh, to make money because. Everyone does everything. You have to eat. You have to live. Everyone is doing a side hustle in some capacity or a main hustle or something to live. Not knocking the pursuit of money. We're not, uh, you know, no no one is purely altruistic out there. And um, it's uh, it the the where it kind of confused me in the past, and where I think a lot of artists get caught up with the model of Submit Hub and why it can you know, somewhat rub artists in a uh, challenging manner sometimes is when um, they see that, you know, each um, curator gets paid per submission. And it's like, well, it's to their financial benefit to just do as many as they can versus they're not, like you said, they're not getting paid to share, which I, I understand we get into gray territory when it comes to like Spotify's rules where they're like, you're not allowed to pay and and everyone who's listening to this right now let me inform you if you don't if you actually are not familiar with spotify's rules uh there is uh spotify is very clear about this you are not allowed to pay a playlister to include the song let me rephrase playlisters are not allowed to take money uh for the guaranteed inclusion of a song on their playlist so if anyone ever approaches you listener as um I have a playlist, and if you pay me 25 bucks, I'll put you on that playlist. Don't do it, because that is breaking Spotify's terms of service. That is, they're extremely clear about that. And if Spotify finds out that those playlists are taking money for inclusion, they will rip those playlists down. And I've heard, uh, well, they will, and I, I've, I've made it happen. So I, I, I uh, let me. I've let, had, we could touch on that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes they won't. Uh, some, yeah. you know, they, they say they will. Sure. So, well, because that's the thing. It's like, I'm curious about your experience too, because like when I, when I have, when I have proof and I have found that playlists have charged money because they, they asked me and they're like, Hey, we'll give you that. I forwarded to my people at Spotify. They look into it and like, and then I've noticed a couple of days later, the Spotify, that playlist doesn't exist anymore. It happens. Um, what is your experience with it? You you do the same thing and they're like, no, we're not going to take it down. We had a great connection at Spotify that we used to send monthly reports to. So playlisters apply to join Submit Hub and then they go through a review process where we try to identify anything that might compromise an artist on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And part of that is checking whether they charge for placement. Yeah. Huge no-no. And, and that's even a coffee. You know, those coffee donation things that a lot of playlisters ask for. Ah. We still consider that too sketchy to participate with. Okay. So what we do um, or what we used to do was was collect all of these screenshots and emails in a spreadsheet and send that off to this guy at Spotify and he would get these playlists removed within a week. Uh-huh. After about six months, he said, listen, dude, we just don't have the resources anymore to deal with this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you to stop emailing us. Mm. Yikes. And that was it. Uh, and I, I, and then just at this, this ended probably about two years ago. And then anecdotally last week, I reported a playlist for, uh, asking for payment. And I can confirm as of an hour ago, they're definitely still up. So I okay. gave proof everything and they're still up. They've got a lot to deal with. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think per your experience, sometimes well, it, yeah, usually and then, it works. 
Well, yeah, sometimes. Who knows? Whether it gets taken down or not, it's not a good practice uh, besides the fact that it's against Spotify's terms of besides the Definitely. fact that the playlist might get removed. Because, you know, if they are charging money for it, um, oftentimes, you know, the follower counts could be misleading. They might be That's our take as well. If, yeah. If you're willing to charge money, you're probably willing to buy fake plays and buy exactly. fake followers. And lastly, you're just not in it for the music. And and right. your song is probably going to be placed alongside a bunch of other songs that paid to get in yes. and are not the same genre. And you're going to be confusing Spotify's algorithms. And there's no way you're going to get put into the right playlist that way. Well, and that's a really good point because that is something, you know, I don't know if you read my playlist push review, um, sure, you know, after your, after the Spin Hub review. But this is, you know, this is my, my playlist push review is probably 2019 at this point. Um, my gripe with them uh, and just so just to lay out the difference in the model. So for people that don't understand, you know, submit hub, I can choose who I want to send my song to. So I can I look at a long list. I'm like, oh, this is their playlist. I can actually go check out their playlist. This is their blog. I can read their blog. I'm like, oh, cool. I know this person. I'm going to send my song to Jason. I'm going to send my song to, you know, Indie Shuffle. I'm going to send it to wherever. Um, and I can choose. Playlist push uh, and some of these other services, you can't choose. You actually select the genres um, when you're doing the playlist stuff, and you send it uh, based. And it's a, it's you know, and submit hub. I pay per submission, so this person's worth three credits. This person's worth whatever, and that equates to a little bit of money. And uh, playlist push is like, all right, for five hundred dollars, for a thousand dollars, we're gonna send it to. 300 curators or whatever and they're going to listen to it and you don't really know who it's being sent to and my experience with that was um okay i got added to a shit ton of playlists and initially it was like wow this is working really well and my streams went went up and um i'm like man this is great like okay it was it was you know a bit more expensive but man i got a lot of streams very quickly and it seemed like everything was good until about a week uh, or actually a few days later, when uh, our fans also like section, which is like showing what what the listeners of the of your music are also listening to based on like these, you know, overlapping Venn diagrams of the music that they're listening to and enough of them overlap like, oh, you're probably similar to that. Uh, so this is for a funk project um, that I was running. I am running. And, you know, before the Play This Push campaign, it was we had the hottest emerging similar funk artists in the country that it was very similar to what we were doing three days after we did this playlist push campaign it turned into all of these random uh japanese all indie rock bands that sounded nothing like us i couldn't read the names i couldn't understand the language all the titles were in japanese all the names were in japanese and i looked at this that was our fans also like at that point and like okay our streams are going up and then all of the algorithmic stuff just got completely fucked. And so I I emailed Playlist Push. I emailed George over Playlist Push. I'm like, yo, can you just undo everything you just did? You completely fucked our entire algorithm. Everything that we had been working towards, building this up and training the algorithm, getting all of the you know uh, proper algorithmic playlists, all of that stuff was completely undone because when I looked at the playlist that we got included on, it was like 90s boy bands. And I'm like, we're a 10-piece funk band with horns that sound like it's based in 1973. 90s boy. And then another playlist was like, 
Pink and Avril Lavigne. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why are we being included in these? So the thing was, it was like those curators, like you said, because I, when I did that investigation too, and I wrote that article, I signed up as a curator because I have a playlist as well. So I, I saw both sides. And so you're right. As a curator, as a, you know, uh, on, on that site, um, you get paid. Uh, the Yes, the, the more engagement they have, but the more often that you include songs on the playlist, you get paid more. And so it was like, um, I saw them like, oh, they have financial incentive to include songs that have absolutely nothing to do with their playlist in their playlist because they're going to get paid more for that. And it just completely fucks the algorithm because it's like, okay, if I'm listening to a 90s boy band playlist, I want to hear 90s boy bands. I don't want to hear a woman singing a funk song with a horn section that sounds like it's in the 70s. Like that does not make any sense. So I'm going to skip it and I'm going to hit next on that song. And so then the Mm. signals that Spotify get are, oh, this song has a high skip rate. Nobody's saving this. And so then that fucks everything because Spotify, how you get included in your, there's Discover Weekly and their radio, their daily mix, all their great algorithm playlists are if you have good signals being sent to them, meaning high save rate, uh, low skip rate, meaning people are listening to the song, they don't skip it, they listen all the way through, and maybe they click save and they're like, I want to listen again. So that's a long way of saying, you know, I um, that is how it can hurt the algorithm and, and hurt all of that. And so I'm curious, you know, with the playlists that are on Submit Hub, how do you make sure that this is in the end going to be a net gain for the artists that are submitting to your playlisters and do you do anything like that or or is that not part of kind of your focus? Yeah, so when a playlist applies to join Submit Hub, the I suppose if I were to break it down into two things we do. Step 1, try to make sure they're not sketchy and they're not going to put artists at risk. So we're looking cool. at their historical growth, we might reference something like chart metric if we don't have the data ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of data points about how many listeners each playlist has. So for example, I know that your playlist averages between 175 to 250 listeners at an average stream rate of 1.55 streams per listener. That's cool. over the last 28 days as of today. So we have a ton of information that's not available publicly, although most of that we do end up making public once the playlist is on Submit Hub. So that's oh, cool. category number that one. Data from metric. No, they don't have that data. Oh, where do you get that data and how do you know? That's not public. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, there are two ways that we get this data. The Uh first way was what I came up with right after you had your first gripe in this review. So you said followers are not indicative of listeners. My initial response was, well, Spotify doesn't tell us how many listeners there are. Right. So what do you expect me to do? And then I went, oh, wow, back then, the discovered on section of everyone's Spotify actually showed how many listeners came from each playlist. So I set up something uh, called Mechanical Took, which is this little thing that Amazon has where you can pay people to do micro tasks, like five cents for a task. And I would say, hey, can you go to this artist profile and fill in, it would only show the top five playlists, but fill in their top five playlists and how many listeners each one. And then I would look for alignments. So I was constantly collecting data to try and figure out how many listeners each playlist had. So that actually worked pretty well for the first year or so. Yeah. And then Spotify got rid of that data. Right. Yeah. And so that was a bit of a bummer. Yeah. Um, That sent us into a slight panic mode. And then I said, oh, you know what? 
artists get to see this information in their Spotify for artists yes. dashboard. So we started paying artists to give us exports of their data. Uh, mm, so three nice. weeks into their, so we'd say, hey, look, you got shared three weeks ago. We'd love to know how many listeners you got from this playlist. Here's a simple form with instructions for how to download your CSV of your mm -hmm. listener playlists. Mm -hmm. Bum, bum, bum. a three. In fact, there's a, it still exists today. We still do this quite a lot. Um, there's just a direct link. Like, here's the link to your CSV because it's always the same, just the artist ID changes. Mm -hmm. And so people can download that, upload that, and then we get insight into how many listeners they got from that playlist. Mm. And then we turn around and we publish this data publicly. Anyone can see it. It's right there on SubmitHub. So if you go to submithub.com slash curators and you're scrolling mm -hmm. through the list of playlists just to see every playlist is accompanied by almost, I think we have about like a 99% 90, <clears throat> coverage, but they all have an estimated listeners. And that's based on primarily other SubmitHub artists who've been shared. Then the final data source that we have is from distributors. So we've got a couple of partnerships with major labels and distributors who give us uh, anonymous insights into what their artists are receiving from those playlists. Yeah. And that one actually has the best coverage. So once a playlist is on SubmitHub, we start asking artists about that playlist. But prior yeah. to that, if a new playlist applies to join and we, we need to figure this out, we're going to lean on that data to try and see how many listeners they're getting. So what did you say? Well, let's let's check this right now. You said um, that my playlist low volume funk gets an average of how many? The, in, so your the tracks in your playlist, I think there's about 120 tracks in there are averaging yeah. between 175 and 255 monthly listeners. So there's probably some plus or minus on that. Okay. But that's the, the middle compact range. And then the listeners to stream ratio that I've been seeing there is uh, 1.55. Okay, so I'm looking at my back end for Brassroots District here, which is in low volume funk. It says they got yep. 566 listeners, uh, so human beings, people, listeners, in the last, we're in 28 days here, so as you can see, the last 28 days. Mm -hmm. uh, so it got 566 and then nearly 2,000 streams. So that's a listener stream ratio of almost 25%, right? Or what am I, what am I looking at incorrectly here? Correct. You are Help missing the fact that you've got five songs. Okay, but Makes that's still difficult. people, 566 people. Yeah, 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 but so so, so many people who land on your playlist. All right, so I, I've got uh, 14 data points on yours from okay. artists who are on your playlist okay. out of 120. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to vary by position. So right. I actually don't that's know where point. yours are positioned, but I wouldn't be surprised if you've put your songs a little higher up. Yep. So that's going to help a little bit. Uh, but then that 566 number is across five songs might reflect the fact that people are shuffling when they hit the, your playlist and not sticking around for all 120 songs. Totally. So you often see this on a playlist like yours <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, or, or many of the Spotify editorial playlists, people hit it and they hit shuffle play. And 120 songs is what? Like you play this probably five or six hours long? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so people are probably tapping out before then. So your mm -hmm. aggregate that you're seeing there across five songs it's a good number. To be honest, for an independent playlist, the numbers that you're pulling are solid. Right? Well, here's one. Here's yeah. one song. Uh, here's a an artist, a different artist that has one song on the playlist that it's got 388 listeners and 517 streams. Uh, that's is this your 28 day snapshot? This is 28. Yeah, if you look at last yeah. 28 days here. And and then what's the position on it? Uh, uh make a difference. this song would be. 
Um, I'll tell you in one second. This this song is position one, two, three, fourth. Um, and the other ones were third, sixth, twenty-four, and I think that was it. Um, so yeah, cool. yeah. So the the number you always would show on Submit Hub is that one seventy-five to two fifty range. Um, mm-hmm. And I I would rather undersell it and have it overperform than right. than do the opposite, right? You, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot more customer support complaints. If you get added to a playlist that we say gets a hundred listeners, but only nets you fifty. That's cool. So that data, I didn't see that. That's public right now. When I'm submitting to a playlist, it'll say average monthly listeners or so for that what I can expect if I get included. Yeah. And here, Ari, it gets better, dude. It gets better. Um, <laughs> Tell me. Right. I'll just I'll just sum up. But that that like so category number one that we're looking at when someone applies is sketchiness. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and quality of the play. Like, are you getting listeners or not? The, sure. So category number two is quality. Uh, so so one of the things that's most important to us at, at this point in time is what we call nicheness, but it okay. is how focused you are on a genre. We tend to steer clear of any playlist that has a super broad generic name and features a lot of artists from different genres. This nice. doesn't mean they're not on Submit Hub, but we, we, we tend to decline them uh, unless there's a compelling reason, like they're just generating a solid number of listeners or it's it, it looks like they're genuinely into it. But yep. but what we're really looking for is people who didn't just sign up to try and like, they didn't start this playlist to make money. They started it because they clearly are passionate and knowledgeable about mm-hmm. that genre. And and you, you we actually find that a lot of artists end up applying to join Submit Hub as playlisters. And their playlists are often quite niche within the genres that they like. So they're obviously, I mean, it's like you, you're featuring some of your own songs in there, mm-hmm. but that doesn't detract from the fact that your playlist is genuinely crafted by someone who understands the genre and has tried to create an aesthetic and a feel that represents the songs that you've put in there yourself. So yeah. that's that's sort of the second bucket that we're looking for when playlisters apply. And then the way that this flows through onto Submit Hub as as uh, you know, this data that we've collected over, over the last seven years, I, I think what really sets us apart is not just the transparency of this information, but the genre targeting, mm. right? Like playlist push is in a, it's in a black box. You don't know who your songs are getting sent to. And the tagging right. is done. I'll, you get to put in tags, but the matching is done based on Spotify's genres and the playlist. Like I think they extract the genres that your playlist likes and then try to look for overlaps. Mm-hmm. And what that ends up doing is there's a ton of mismatches because Spotify's yeah. got, if you ever go to everynoise.com, which is a, a Spotify-owned company, hmm. I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't it's seen it, It's one of the no. coolest websites. Okay. I'm Anyone listening, <laughs> everynoise.com is one of the coolest websites on the internet. It has mm-hmm. every genre ever. It is, mm-hmm. it is owned by Spotify. I think they mm-hmm. acquired it about five years ago. But... Okay. Like, every genre and, and ever <laughs> yeah no, i'm okay. serious uh-huh. and then you can click on any of these genres and get a 30 second sample of that music whoa right got it <laughs> so this is okay. owned by spotify uh, uh-huh. and if you go down you'll see it every noise at once is what it's called but, and and it's cool because they're sort of clumped in in similarities mm-hmm. but this also underlies i think one of the problems that that playlist push might encounter if they are in fact doing what i think they're doing which is trying uh-huh. to line you up based on the genres you've input and the genres playlists are choosing 
Yep. There's a there's a lot of genres here and there's a lot of room for error. So yep, that's on Submit Hub, we've grown from at the time you did your review, we probably had 20 genres. I think today we've got 210. So we're mm. getting more and more granular as we have more curators and as we have cool. more users and as people request it. But what that means is that when you're submitting to a Spotify playlist, just bringing this all back, and you choose your genres, which is one of the trickiest parts, right? This is actually where sure. most of our complaints come from is from people who mistagged and then got upset that they got rejected. Yep. Um, we are we generate what's called a genre match score. It's based on each curator's historical behavior with that genre. So how often they approve that genre, how often they approve it relative to their other genres, how often they approve it to their peers. Okay. So it, it's 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 a complicated algorithm that I came up with when I was probably a little bit baked. And every time I go back to it, I'm like, wow, let me try and understand this again. But it works. It kind yeah. of works. Uh, and the idea here is that we want to put the people in front of you who most align with the genres that you've indicated. And then we can also show you their playlists because many playlisters have multiple playlists, not mm -hmm. just one. And we can show you, okay, it's cool. You, you've, you've chosen Acid House, right? this is the playlist that this playlister shares Asset House to. It's not these other ones. And this is how many listeners they get. And we've got this thing called a dynamic engagement score, which also updates on Submit Hub next to each curator, yep. which is taking into account the genres that they choose. So all of this is to say genre matching for us is really important. And for me, I think the big push I've been on over the last year, and, and I'm going to continue to keep pushing here, is that I think the advantage of independent playlists is mm -hmm. teaching Spotify's algorithm where to place you. Mm -hmm. And that's not just important for your current song, it's important for your future songs, right? So if, if you're following Spotify's doctrine of release a song every six weeks, mm -hmm. every time you release a new song, your historical data gives Spotify a signal as to where this new song should be placed. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of want to train them up. And the better we can do at aligning you with playlists who can help push you in that direction, I'm not going to put you in a 90s, you know, pop right. playlist, if you're not right. there, the better job I can do aligning you with that, the better job you're going to do with Spotify's algorithmic playlists and, and the better chances your future editorial submissions might have. Yes. Yeah. It, it, um, so we have evolved as, uh, and Spotify has evolved from when they initially launched playlists. Um, and because of this, um, ecosystem that has launched, uh, you know, in in parallel uh, outside of official Spotify, but because there's this entire business models, which and and this entire <laughs> economy, <laughs> yep, which you are very much a part of, um, that they are are very squeamish about. They don't love this this um, what what this you know. No matter how many safeguards you put in place, there are a hundred other actors that don't do it, and it just taints the waters for everybody. So you may be one of the good guys, but uh, there are a hundred bad actors that are basically doing something similar. Where it's hard for artists to really differentiate and distinguish between what is safe, legal, according to Spotify, beneficial, all of that. Now, uh, just where Spotify is moving, um, it is moving dramatically in the direction of algorithmic playlists and away from curate human curated playlisting in and just listener behavior, to be honest, um, is not as uh, dependent on these 
curated, human curated playlists as they once were. And so the signals that Spotify are now waiting more so than how many streams you get, because like 10, you know, when Spotify first kind of launched and it was just getting started, it was like, oh, cool. We have streaming numbers. How many streams are we getting? You know, and you can get a bunch of streams from a smaller number of playlists, especially if those are very popular. Now what they want to see is actually how many people are saving your song and how many people are adding you to their own playlists. And that's going to start to trigger more algorithms and potentially help you climb that, you know, um, ladder to get featured on more uh, editorial playlists too. Real quick, I want to let you know about DistroKid. Well, I'm sure you already know about DistroKid, but they are partners with Ari's Take, and they are a great company that can help get your music distributed to Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, all of that. Over a million artists use DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I have distributed some of my music in the past. And something I appreciate about DistroKid as not just an artist, but someone who studies this space is they have been one of the most innovative companies over the last 10 years. They came in and completely changed the game. One of the first companies offering unlimited uploads, and now most of the other distributors have had to change their policies to kind of copy and follow suit uh, what DistroKid was doing, and the industry had changed, of course. DistroKid doesn't keep a commission. That means you keep 100% of your royalties and earnings from the DSPs. They also offer payment splitting. They call it splits, something that for me at this point is a deal breaker. I don't want to have to cut checks to all my collaborators and the producers and everybody else that is owed royalties and owed splits from my earnings. DistroKid will cut those checks directly. You can get them to uh, your collaborators to sign up, and then DistroKid will cut all the checks to all your collaborators. And they were one of the first to offer that of the DIY self-service distributors. DistroKid continues to innovate. Check them out. If you need to get your music out there, districtkid.com. Yeah. And and this is this is one thing when people ask, why do we have small playlisters on Cement Hub? Like, mm-hmm. what is the point? Why did I spend a bunch of money submitting to playlisters? And this guy only had 10 listeners on his playlist. What was the point? Often the point is that they're in a hyper-focused genre that yes. aligns with yours. And those 10 listeners are far more likely to save and engage with your song than if you got added to one of these, these generic, sometimes fake playlists. Yep. It doesn't mean they will, right? Like what I don't know. You might know this better than, than me, but I would assume that the average well-performing save rate is like abysmally low, single percent. No, no. I, well... Uh, I have songs with artists that I work with that, uh, and we're talking save rate as uh, listener. Um, it's saved to listener rate. It's not saved to stream. So it's Correct. because yeah, it's, yeah. it's human. I have it's no like idea many, what that number is. Well, I, I mean, I can just get anecdotally tell you I'm working with an artist right now, and her save rate, um, and you know, is around twenty five percent. Um, which is insanely high, which is very, very high. And I confirmed that. Yeah. <laughs> my, I talked to my guy at Spotify, um, and I was like, yo, check this out. And he was like, you know, lost his mind because the save rate, you can't really game that because that's human beings clicking no. save. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like it's lis- it's actual listeners to saves. And so you take essentially take saves divided by listeners, and that's your save rate. 
Um, and so, and this song had a significant number of, of listeners and streams. It, um, and so it's not like, oh, there was 20 people that listened and, and, you know, uh, you know, five people saved and it's like, oh, there you go, 25%. <laughs> yeah. No, no, uh, it, no, this was like in the hundreds of thousands, um, of streams and stuff like that. Uh, so that's high. I, I've always heard like 10% is kind of the gold standard of where you should be aiming for. So if you're, if you're at around, you know, 10%, you're look, you're, you're doing real solid here. Um, and if you're below that, uh, if you're below 5%, that's what starts to send off some red flags to Spotify. So if we're talking, you know, every artist listening to this and you're like, oh, your save to listener rate is only at 1% to 2%, um, that is when there's red flags there. Now, that being said, uh, that's not the only signal that they're looking at because um, save rates actually decrease if a song gets included on editorial playlists, believe it or not. Mm. Because you can it. get, um, you know, and, and I've seen this firsthand from some artists that I work with who get included on Spotify editorial playlists. Um, so you think, oh, wow, we've reached the gold standard of Spotify. A human being at Spotify, an editor, has included my song in their playlist. They've given it the stamp of approval. We see the listeners skyrocket. We see the the streams skyrocket. But we don't see the saves necessarily. And it's not because the song is bad or, or whatever. This is across the board. This is what I, I've, you know, my fellow, uh, you know, label managers, uh, artist managers and artists themselves, we're looking at the back end. It's like, man, it can sometimes be the kiss of death to get included in a hot Spotify playlist, especially if it's one of these weekly ones like a New Music Friday, which you don't really want to be in, to be honest anymore, because the signals that they get is, Boom, you get one big week and then it drops. You get, wow, we got 10,000 streams this one week and 10,000 listeners this one week because we got included on a weekly, hot, popular weekly playlist. And then day eight, it drops back down to where it was before and because those people didn't really, you know, save it. And a lot of these discovery things, it's got like a lean, it's becoming more of a lean back experience than the lean forward of discovery. So, it's um that is kind of how it's been evolving a little bit and and but you're absolutely right which is like if you get more people to add it to their own personalized playlist that can really help trigger the algorithm so it is actually and this is this is a, a train of this this is like a big shift i think in an understanding from a lot of artists and, and managers what they've thought up until this point it is more valuable now to get uh one stream from a thousand individual playlists than it is to get a thousand streams from one playlist. I can I can get behind that. Um, and and also just just what you explained there makes perfect sense. The editorial playlists have a lower save rate because Spotify is shoving those down people's throats, mm-hmm. and they make independent playlists harder to discover. Absolutely. Independent playlists are typically discovered by people who are seeking out new music, whether mm-hmm. that's through a search term. Yep. that's doing well in Spotify or whether that's through Instagram advertising, which a ton of playlisters use to push their yes. playlists. So that audience landing on those playlists is more good. likely to be engaged. And I would also imagine that save rates vary a lot by genre, like something okay. like study beats, lo-fi hip hop, super passive listening experience. Mm. I'm not going to run over and get my phone to be like, yo, Spotify save that. Um, right. right. So right. it's a less totally. engaged thing. Um, but yes. I'm a hundred percent behind you on this idea of, um one stream from a thousand playlists instead of a thousand streams from one and and some of this is because of what we've just discussed right it does mm-hmm. help teach spotify's algorithm and you've got probably higher quality more focused listeners there 
The other one is just the reality that that I have to deal with here, which is a lot of people come to Submit Hub expecting to find playlists of the size of editorial playlists, and they right. expect to pick up 10,000 or 20,000 listeners when they get added. Mm. The reality is that your playlist, which is averaging anywhere between from 100 to 1,000 listeners, yep, thank you, is one of the best. <laughs> like you are yeah. in the top 10% probably of independent playlists. Sure. And and so what we what we have to do on our side is reset expectations to really say, look, you got 10 playlist ads. Yes, they only got you 30 listeners each. No, you're not going to make your money back from streams directly because of that. But right. you got to change your mindset a little bit here. If Spotify is your game. Streams are not the be all and end all, and they don't convert to fans necessarily. It, it's this. I'm I'm really into this idea of of trying to teach Spotify's algorithm, whatever that is. Like we don't yes. we don't know exactly, but whatever it is. Yes. Yeah. That. Yeah. That. No. And you're right. That that is exactly where we're at. Is like <laughs> we are. It is the. It is the. Uh, we are beholden to the algorithm right now, whether that's TikTok algorithm or Spotify algorithm or Instagram algorithm uh, as an industry. And honestly, as a as a human race uh, right now, um, I, I've started watching a lot of these sci-fi uh, <laughs> movies and, and TV shows out there that are uh, pretty dystopian. But, uh, dystopian. but, you know, we are beholden to the algorithm. And the most, um, I say right now, you know, the most powerful gatekeeper in music right now is not a person it's the tiktok algorithm um and uh, in some in some respect it's also the spotify algorithm and uh you know it's so that's uh i i think the intention is right on that you have where what can you do to help train the spotify algorithm that will help artists because like i said when i ran that horrific <laughs> playlist push campaign where it it did the complete opposite it was like uh vanity metrics shot up we got tens of thousands of streams uh within a week or two so on the face i was like oh my gosh this is working and then the pit in my stomach set in when i realized oh wait no uh, this just ruined everything because it now did the opposite it, it, of training the algorithm or teaching the algorithm in a good way. It actually went the opposite way. And the algorithm was like, wow, nobody likes this music. Nobody likes these songs. Nobody's saving it. And uh, we can't even figure out what fan, similar fans want with this. So I think that's a, a really important point that you made. Now, I want to I just want to transition a little bit. Um, you have new features on Submit Hub. And uh, I was playing around with this hot or not uh, feature that you have where um, artists can listen to rate and give feedback to other songs on the platform. Can you just explain this feature a little bit? Yeah. So I launched this about four years ago. Okay. Probably. Maybe three years ago. The The concept is really simple. If... Um, but it's reversed. If I rate five of your songs, will you rate five of mine? Mm -hmm. That's kind of the concept. So the idea is that you as an artist can log in, start listening to other artists' songs. You can rate them. Uh, it's called Hot or Not. Originally, it was Hot or Not, and that ended up being a little bit mean. So now it's a, sort of a sliding scale. Yeah. And, uh, and you leave feedback as well. And so what you earn for doing that is return ratings. So for the songs that you rate, you get to have your song rated. Mm-hmm. And, and it's an interesting reflection, right? Because a lot of people complain about curators mm -hmm. uh, seeming like they're not giving it the effort and the amount of time it's due. You should see what it's like in Hot or Not. 
there's a lot of artists who are rushing through there simply to try to get their songs up. So I would say about 70 mm -hmm. to 80% of the feedback that you receive from other artists is probably going to be a little bit generic and not that helpful. But that 20% of feedback you receive actually might be pretty useful. There are genuinely artists on there who are putting thought into each song that they're they're reviewing. And I think those guys are hoping that if they do that, they will in turn get good feedback. So yeah, why does the, an the artist, concept why would you want simple. good feedback? So, sorry to cut you off. Um, what's the point of this if it's just feedback for feedback? So, uh, okay, so, so one of the reasons that people rush through this is we pay them. You get paid mm -hmm. to use Hot or Not. Okay. It's not a lot. For every 20 reviews that you leave, you get your song rated on Hot or Not 14 times. It's a bit okay. of a weird number, but it's 7 for 10. So 14 for 20. And you also get a premium credit. So, ah, okay. So you yeah. submit it. Yeah. So a lot of artists use it as a way to earn premium credits, sure, especially uh, like college kids who mm -hmm. have the time to sit there and listen to all of this music. So they'll flip through 100 tracks a day, take their five premium credits, and then use that to promote their own music to curators. Yep. So that's one of the things that kind of dangles and gets people engaged in it. So, so let me give you some um, <clears throat> the things that I ran into and what I'm. I, I have some questions about it now. Uh, the feedback yeah. that is is given is that uh, does the artist see who's giving the feedback? Do they see the name of the person? No, it's anonymous. Um, oh, there. That wasn't yeah. clear. <clears throat> Oh, all right, all right. Here, 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 here. I have you some, take some notes here because here, here's what I ran into as I... Yeah, I got right. it. I love this. I love this. Uh, thank I you. Love this. Uh, here's what I ran into when I was doing this Hot or Not um, as, yeah. as just like starting to review. Um, first off, um, as an artist uh, who, who puts out music, um, I, personally, I don't want... Okay, so for one, um, I don't know what kind of feedback that I should be offering to the song for the song that I'm listening to. Let me give an example. Whenever any of my peers, my artist friends come to me and ask me what I think on their song, my first question to them, my first thing I say to them is, what kind of feedback are you are you looking for and what stage of the song is this in? I'm going to give wildly different feedback if this is a rough demo of a song that they just wrote this morning and are wondering, you know, then we could talk about, oh, you know, verse two, maybe we could do without and the bridge, I think you could, you know, save that for like something that. else like and that. let's change the chord structure over here and let's do this versus this is a final master. The song's coming out next week. I'm not going to tell you to change the lyrics because like... They're like, well, I fucking can't. It's a master. Like, that is not helpful feedback to me. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, that's, that's, so to me, I'm like listening to these songs. A, I don't know what stage of the song that this is in right now. So I'm like, I don't want to insult these artists by saying, well, shit, uh, you know, the melody is not like, you know, I, I would, I would change the melody or the lyrics. Uh, you know, maybe work out this metaphor in uh, in the bridge a little bit more. I think it's it's not quite there. Whereas, like, this is a song that's been out for three months or and it's a master or whatever. It's like that feedback is not helpful. Big difference, yeah. And I don't want to give that because I'm going to hurt their feelings. And that's another thing. Is like I'm a fellow artist. Like I don't. I like started to give feedback, and I'm just like, I have critical feedback to give, but why? Why would I hurt their feelings? This is a master. This song is out. Like this doesn't help anybody. If I do that, like, what's the point, in your opinion, what's the point of giving feedback 
on masters to artists? Like what kind of feedback are they looking for that's going to be helpful? The, the analog here is on the curator side. So we, we learned over the years that the worst type of feedback a curator can provide to an artist is technical feedback about how to improve their song uh-huh. for all the reasons you've just given. So right. that's actually one of the things that we've spent a lot of time coaching. Like curators get a lot more coaching these days than they used to. Yeah. And we've, we've, um, you'll see some, some blog posts on cementhub.com slash stories about the steps that we've taken to improve feedback. So one of the things we ask artists is, do you want specific feedback or gentle feedback? And if you want specific feedback, what do you want them to write feedback about? So we found that asking artists these two questions made a big difference yes. in terms of their satisfaction with the feedback that they received from curators. Yes. And and one of the big ones there is, you know, you could literally say, I want technical, like, tell me, is my mix good? Tell me, whatever. So you can do yeah. that. And and now that's for the, for since, I think I rolled that out in March. So six plus months now, that has been an option when you're requesting your feedback. We revamped the whole thing. On the but, hot or not side, okay. yep. haven't you. done that. Yeah, haven't. Okay. Uh, so it's just like a broad open template. I love your idea for uh, what stages this song is because a lot of artists do use Submit Hub, mm-hmm. uh, the hot or not feature, so that they can trial early songs, demos yes. that aren't ready yet, uh, and and they they're soliciting feedback there. And I think I think that's a great thing to try and communicate there. Um, the anonymity is another one that. It's a double-edged thought. The other, you know, it's good to know that you're not going to get called out on your feedback and no one's going to chase you down and try to attack you. I didn't know but, that. Uh, and so when I yeah. was signed in and I was starting to type feedback, I didn't see anywhere. I'm clicking question marks all over the little thing, like try to try to get an answer here. Is this anonymous? It doesn't say it's anonymous. At least I couldn't find that yeah, information. Anywhere. It is anonymous. Okay. Um, I I think so. The pros to that is that you can write feedback without worrying about them coming back to you. The cons to that is when some bad actors are going to see that and and take it too far. We've yeah. got really good systems in place. I don't know if you actually submitted a song or received any feedback, but you can quickly report it. And those reports get escalated to our moderation team, which quickly tends to get smacked down. So we are, cool. we're pretty on top of the abuse. Usually, I mean, someone's going to get on there and they're going to abuse 10 people. So that abuse will happen. Sure. Like, yo, dude, your song sucks. Get back in your hole. Not a nice thing to say. <laughs> right. um, but usually within 24 hours, they've been banned from hot or not. So mm-hmm. I, I think generally I would lean towards the anonymity. No, and, and, and I, I, I do want to say, like, this is a, yeah. this is a, frankly, a dream service that I have been hoping would exist in, in a capacity that could actually really help artists um, with their productions with their songwriting and also with their single release schedule so um you know because like for instance if i have five songs i'm i'm wondering which is the single or which is the song i should release first i could throw all these five songs up and i would say i wish i could i could say i'm looking for this kind of feedback or whatever or just like frankly just rate it for me i don't even need you to give me the the word feedback which i see is required now um but it's, I was uh, just like, yeah, because yeah, then I would look at it. It's like, all right, what got the highest rating? Oh, song number three, boom, that's my leadoff single or whatever. And uh, that I, I would use that for that. And also, like, you know, <clears throat> there are um, more in a in a broader sense. Um, I would like to maybe hear from my fellow musicians or producers who like the same music and genre as me. Is like, 
hey, here's a, a, uh, a demo of a new song. Is this worth developing into a real production? Or here's like three new demos. Here's three new songs that I just wrote. What are your thoughts on them? Give me give me any and all feedback. Cool. You know, and, and that kind of feedback is obviously I'm asking for something very different from here's five masters, what's my first single kind of a thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, but I mean, you could use it that way. Um, mm-hmm. I think, look, I've, I've got some ideas for tweaking hard or not. I, every every six months, I just jump in and do a little bit, right? It is it is a side product of Cement Hub, but it is a sure. cool one. Um, That's great. An interesting stat I was just... Some people might have seen. It. I was like, tick, tick, tick. yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, so it launched on November twenty eighth of twenty eighteen. So it's just four okay. years now. Cool. And there's eight point two million ratings so far. Wow! So, wow! That's, so that's incredible. Two million ratings a year. Uh, it's under ten thousand a day. So it's like six or seven thousand per day ratings average going through. How many? Uh, how many submissions are happening a day on Submit Hub? That is. Uh, Generally, a number we don't share. We, I think oh. we're about to hit 30 million overall submissions. Total? Okay. Um, yeah. And that's in. So we just turned seven. I think it's, yeah. I don't know if it's, it's going to be 30 million before the end of the year. The wow. The number of daily submissions is in the tens of thousands. Okay. Um, multiple tens of thousands. It is not at Spotify's 100,000 new songs a day. We're right, not there. Right. <laughs> um, but and how many But curators... here's a number I can give you. Yeah. In the last month, it was uh, 34,000 new songs were uploaded. In the last month. Crazy. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so then those are all getting pushed out to all the different curators. and Yeah. yeah. And you said there's 2,000 curators on the site? Is that right? So so we've, we've bucketed things up now. We've got the curators you can send to, which are primarily blogs and Spotify playlists. There's also YouTube, a couple streamers, some sound, SoundCloud is fizzling off. Uh, yep. Then we've got the influencer submissions, which are TikTok and Instagram. <clears throat> right. That side has been split into something completely different because it is payola. It is like paid marketing. You are buying a placement. Explain how this service works. Mix that. Um, so on the influencer side, what we're dealing with is micro influencers. Okay. And, and that means that they're usually in the cost range from $2 to $100. Okay. And the prices are based on their engagement. It's based on the lower end of their average engagement. So we don't want to, I think I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I hate over-promising things. I want to under-promise and over-deliver if I can. Sure. So their prices are based on their engagement. Mostly they're just attaching your song to their content. Okay. You can pay a little bit extra to actually have them focus on something. So, hey, I want you to dress up in blue and do a funny jig. You got to pay a little extra, but then they have to execute that. Okay. So it's, it is straight up paid placement. If they don't want to do it and they don't want to share your song, you don't pay them. That's sure. it. We've got two ways to submit to them. You can either go through the traditional, like scroll through the list and choose who you want to send to, or you can set a budget. Like I want to spend a thousand credits, fill it up with TikTok videos in this price range from the United States. Go. And mm. we'll fill that budget up for you over the course of, you know, it's almost like, it's a little bit like playlist push, but it's automated. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know how much manual distribution they do. Sure. Um, generally, look, the, the, the important things to consider with, with influencer marketing in general, just for, for anyone who's considering dabbling in it. Yeah. You got to, first up, you got to be a participant. You have to actively be on that platform yourself. I, I do not recommend anyone get involved in influencer marketing if they themselves are not using that service. 
Okay. So if you're not familiar with TikTok and you don't have a TikTok account and you're not generating TikTok, those shares are going to be kind of worthless to you. Mm -hmm. um, second and probably most important point, you cannot buy virality. As much as these agencies will promise you, like, here's the techniques and the steps we're going to do. And like, this is what you need to pull off to, mm -hmm. to have the perfect campaign. I don't want to oversell that either. It is not like I would rather say it's not going to happen. Uh, mm -hmm. We've had, I think, uh, three or four like, viral campaigns. And much of that has not necessarily been because of what they did on Submit Hub. It was clever things that they did to to prompt. So I'll give you one example. Sure. There was an artist named Aria who created um, apparently the TikTok filters and games you can upload. Like people can create them. So he hired yeah. a guy on Fiverr uh, and his song was called Broken Hearted. And the game was you had to like tap these hearts until you broke a certain amount. Hmm. And that was the filter he asked all of the Submit Hub influencers to use. So uh, I, I cannot take credit for that. Uh, and that was like very clever out of the box thinking. Absolutely. And this guy ended up getting about 60,000 videos from that. Wow. 60,000 videos is not enough to blow up. And that is probably the best case I can give you on some yeah. influencers. That's <laughs> mental. 60,000 yeah. videos is epic. Well done, right. dude. It translated to, a, 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 you know, he's got a few hundred thousand monthly listeners on Spotify now, but... Mm -hmm. That is the exception and not the norm. So right. for me, I think the influencer side on Submit Hub can guarantee two things. Number one, you can fill up your feed with content. And this is the sort of fake it till you make it or yeah. like social proof type of strategy. Mm -hmm. We see a lot of major labels do this. They'll mm -hmm. come on Submit Hub. They'll buy a bunch of influencer shares. They don't care what the content is. It's going to be a lot of it is not the best. Uh, and they just want to make sure that when their boss opens up the feed. There's like 300 videos there and they can say- The feed, of the, just to campaign. clarify what you're talking about, in TikTok, you can search for a song and then you can see all the videos that have used that song and that will show up on the, or they call it a sound, but they'll show up on the sound page. And so you go to that that sound of the song and then you'll see 300 videos and they're like, oh, cool, 300 people have used our song in their video, which is essentially using that sound, quote unquote, right? Precisely. And okay. and if TikTok is important to you, it's much better to have that than have two videos. Right. right. And again, I preface that by saying if it's important to you. Um, yeah. But it, it might be. I mean, let's say you're trying to book a show and whoever you're booking with happens to be obsessed with TikTok and they check out, they look for you somehow and there's nothing there. Again, it's that social proof and fake it till you make it thing. It's not going to make you go viral, but you're filling it up and it's there. So some mm -hmm. people use it for that. Okay. Uh, the other thing that you can use it as is a way to hire people to create content for you. So if you're going to prompt them to do something, mm. you can think of it as if you're paying someone to create a miniature music video for you and you're not hiring professionals. You're hiring like, you know, a, yeah. a kid with a phone right. to make content. Um, but depending on how good your prompt is and, and what you ask them to do, I would say that some of these TikTok videos are better to share for engaging your existing content, I mean, fan yep. base, than a Spotify playlist. Because the Spotify sure. playlist is like, yo, I got into the Spotify playlist, scroll down to position number 31, and you, oh, never right. mind, they took me out. Right. So, <laughs> right, 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 right. so, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's, it's interesting to me because a couple of years ago, TikTok was, was the buzz, right? Everyone was like, mm -hmm. oh man, Spotify is done. Mm -hmm. TikTok is how you make it as a musician. And, mm -hmm. and I don't think that necessarily came to fruition. Um, there are people who've, who've done it. 
but it's like 120 people per year, 10 mm-hmm. per month managed to blow up. And then I was watching, it was a Vox documentary that came out a couple months ago where they did this. I, they analyzed it. all the, you're in it. I'm in, it. in it. You didn't see me. Right, cool. uh, I'm one of the talking head experts in that video. That's that's me. Yeah, no, that's exactly. Yeah. It's, it's called like what happens to songs after they go viral on TikTok. We studied it and they talked to a bunch of people. Yes, you're right. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't convert. Like I was like 120 went viral, 30 yep. of them converted, and then of those that played live shows, most of them bombed. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it's difficult, and and I I caution artists to to really before you're going into any sort of promotional campaign like you got to know what your goal is what matters to you at the as at the end outcome of this do you want uh to go viral on tiktok all right reset your expectations but yeah <laughs> like you got to know what's important to you yeah and i i hate it when i see artists go oh yeah i'm gonna push on tiktok because that's what i heard is buzzing and they've never like they don't have a tiktok account and they've never right. we actually it's mandatory now if you want to submit your song on submit hub you have to have a tiktok account like if mm. you want to submit to tiktok influencers we require you have a tiktok account instagram you have to have an instagram account and this was just it's like stop people from jumping yeah. into this thing that, just because because yeah. we were getting a lot of complaints right i don't want to have right. that <clears throat> um yeah i don't want <laughs> It's in my interest for people to have a good time on SubmitHub and feel right. like they, they got what they expected. So what would be a, a best case? I mean, you, you use the example of, uh, you know, maybe you have 300 videos of people. How, how many TikTok influencer curators do you have on SubmitHub? Like, what's the most that I could possibly get if I'm like, you know, my boss at the label is like, we got to get 2,000 videos made of this song in the next week. Could I make that happen on SubmitHub? Or is like, what, what, what's possible here? Yeah, you could get pretty close. I would say at least 500. Okay. Um, the, so there are 2,000 influencers to choose from. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that we're, we're dramatically underpricing, if you will. We're, we're pricing How does this cost? What's the range? What are we talking here? Uh, $2 to $100 per share. Actually, it's like one dollar to a hundred dollars per share. Okay, that is that is lower. Well, no, I guess that's right in line for for micro influencers. Most are it's micro influencers. Well, like well, like a hundred dollar influencer would be averaging about. So they'd probably have about three or four million followers, and they'd be averaging oh, wow. around two hundred or three hundred thousand views per video. Oh, for a hundred dollars a video, man, that's uh, bro cheap. Bro, we have undercut <laughs> the market. Seriously, um, I've, I haven't seen it that that cheap. Okay. Yeah. Look, look. Here's here's the thing that we learned. A lot of these influencers, when you approach them directly, mm-hmm. will charge the moon. They think yep. they are worth this. That's the rate. And then we would go, okay. So how many of these have you sold in the last six months? And they'd be like, right. well, you know, I almost sold one in February, but it didn't go through. Yeah. And so we go like, oh, cool. What if we just like give you a steady flow of five dollars every day? Is that cool? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you know, I'm worth a lot more. And I'm like, no, no, you're just attaching a song to a video. You don't have to like dance. You don't have to do anything crazy. Uh, and so what we learned is that at the end of the day, that the constant flow of guaranteed money works. Uh, the, the, the difficulty here is we've attracted a lot of people from uh, areas where the dollar is very strong. So mm-hmm. in South America, our influencer presence is bumping and what that means is that the major labels from south america are like pouring money into it so so it has actually worked out pretty well there if you're coming from the us i think we've got about 200 american influencers 
but they tend to want a higher price. So sure. we adjust things a little bit there, but we're still talking in like the three, four, five dollar range for a lot of these shares. So but if I want to submit yeah, it's way cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if I want to send a song and try to get a bunch of influencers to do this, um, you know, I guess from a, a one dollar to a hundred dollar range, you know, I what what are, I guess the question, better question is, what are most people spending on these campaigns? What's the average spend for a TikTok uh, influencer campaign? Uh, probably, if I would average it out, it's probably thirty to forty dollars. Oh, because but that would only I say get a few influencers, a, right? Right. Maybe it's a lot one, of independent. So there are a lot of people yeah. come on SubmitHub with smaller budgets. There's they're okay. tiny independent artists and, and so they're they're using these smaller numbers. When UMG comes along, they're probably spending around one thousand to two thousand credits for each submission. Is a credit a dollar? Um, what is a credit equal? But these so so they the price goes down as you buy in bulk. Uh, okay. so you can buy hundred credits for eighty dollars, so that's eighty cents okay. a credit. Okay. And there are tons of coupons floating around. Okay. <laughs> so people can take advantage of those. Like we just sure. had a Black Friday deal, which is 20% off. Anyone who joins gets 10% off. We just mm -hmm. ran a big deal with Symphonic lately where mm -hmm. the, they were hooking up a, a discount for anyone who visited their starter website and checked it yep. out. Yep. So there's 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 always coupons floating around, but roughly, you know, a thousand credits. It's going to be about 800. Actually, no, it's cheaper when you buy that many. $780. So Got it. Okay. Yeah. Look, the the big thing here as I pointed out, like there's two things. Fill your feed, pay people to do stuff. At the end of the day, they're micro influencers. We are not one of these big agencies charging $2,000 per share. Right. But um in terms of, of of the steps we've taken, we've taken a lot of the lessons from the curator side in terms of policing and making sure people be, are behaving. Mm -hmm. And applying that to the curator side to make sure they're sharing the right song, they're not taking their videos down, their songs are at least 10 seconds long, that type of stuff. So yes, quality is, it's decent. Yeah, but like, don't expect the moon, you're paying, you're paying someone $3 to, to actually Right, just use, use your song. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and yeah. have you noticed a, a dip once TikTok launched the official creator marketplace, which is essentially this just uh, now under the umbrella of TikTok? Not even slightly, not even okay. slightly. So, so two reasons. Number one, they're dealing with much bigger price tags. Okay. Um, they're, so, they're so they're talking thousands yeah. of dollars per share. And then I did actually meet with someone at TikTok in in uh, earlier this year, and mm -hmm. he sort of didn't know SubmitHub was doing the influencer game. And when I told him about it, it was a, it was a friend from school, and I told sure. him about it. He's like, "Oh my god, thank God you're doing this because we loathe working with influencers." <laughs> <laughs> they really sure. right, it's right. a lot of customer support it's a lot mm -hmm. of work it's a lot of hand holding yep. it's a lot of very entitled people who feel like they are yes. worth a lot more money than they perhaps are uh so no there's been i would say there's been zero impact there but got it but generally it hasn't blown up the way i expected it to spotify is still there and music blogs are actually still also drawing a lot of attention on submit hub and i think they all today have their place in this multifaceted promotion game game you have to play of like Instagram yeah. ads, pitching to playlists, blogs. Well, let's talk shows. about that for a second, and, and that's a good kind of wrap up here uh, to to finish this up. Um, what is the current state in your eyes uh, of blogging? And why I know you started as a blogger, and uh, you started you know with Indie Shuffle, um, and 
I know that you love music blogging. I, I, you know, and that's like one of your your passions. But I, I'm curious what you think the state of blogging is right now. Uh, the purpose of it for artists on the artist side, but also what you're seeing as you have bloggers there, and is it even worthwhile? Uh, for an artist to spend money to get somebody to review, you know, to post about it or whatever. Just give me your whole thoughts on it. Um, okay, it's it's obviously changed, right? Back back in the yeah. the hype and glory days, blogs were king makers and queen makers, and if you hit number one on hype machine, you were going to get booked to play a show. For those who yep. don't know, hype machine was keeping track of what all the blogs did, and it was the chart that you went to for that info. Mm-hmm. That is a long time ago. That's like ten right. years ago. It's crazy. Yeah. And um, today, blogs hold a different place. So uh, perhaps an interesting starting point is to think about the way that we approach our new blog applications. So when a new blog applies to join Submit Hub, we are looking for genuine interest in writing about music. So we're looking for blogs that have been around for at least six months. When they write their blog posts, they're actually putting content in. They're not just chucking up a bunch of songs. Uh, and and again, we're sort of looking at this niche type of thing. Are they like are they genuinely pushing artists in a space? So for us, that's that's one of the first things we're looking at with blogs, and we're not focused very much on engagement because it's it's not there to be had. Right. People like, aren't really you, reading you blogs are a blog like they were trying to get ago. engagement. Yeah, yeah, it's an uphill battle. You're not going to win. You're right. just not going to win it. Right. And so it's for us. That's not what we're looking at. I think that the value that the blogs add for users today by and large right there are some like getting on indie shuffle might still help you getting on the hype machine blogs might still help you but but the average blog i think the things you're looking for as an artist is some seo content so what that means is that when someone looks up your song on google they don't just see spotify itunes Mm -hmm. soundcloud they actually see some content written behind it yep and and that helps with prospective bookers, whatever. It also mm-hmm. helps if you're trying to pull together a, a press kit or an a, a EPK, mm-hmm. or you're just generally trying to add quotes about yep. your song. So Full let's quotes. say you're trying to go to someone for booking, they're gonna be like, cool, so tell me about you. And I'm like, well, Andy Shuffle said, this song glimmers with passion and excitement. Like right. you want these types of quotes to have on there. So, uh, so they're good from that standpoint. And uh, I guess the, this is just the third one, right? When someone, adds you to a Spotify playlist. Sweet, but there's there's no like person on the other side talking yeah. about your music. Yeah. And so realistically, what did, what did I see? The stat I saw today, more than 80% of songs on Spotify have less than 30 monthly listeners. Yeah, something, <clears throat> something like, that. like that, right. Realistically, you're not going to blow up. And you right. might get some steam, but you're going to taper off. At the end of the day, those playlist ads are ephemeral. They disappear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those Instagram stories will disappear. All of that disappears. Blogs tend to stick around for, for mm. in my case, <laughs> more than a decade. Right. Uh, and that content is still there, and it's still there. And sometimes blogs are putting really meaningful, thoughtful stuff into that. And we, we try to identify on Submit Hub, we've got this really good bloggers category, and it's just bloggers mm-hmm. who still write. That's that's essentially what it is. Um, yeah. So so for me, blog posts have shifted from uh, you can't go into it thinking that they're going to push you and make you mm-hmm. big or get you an engagement. I think mm-hmm. it is more about this this multifaceted package that you have to create today as an artist and, mm-hmm. and thinking about how that's going to help push your ultimate goal. Goal. So if it is booking yes. shows, you need to make sure that your Spotify doesn't look dead. 
but you don't right. need to blow up on Spotify. You need to make mm-hmm. sure that your social media doesn't look dead, but you don't need to blow up on social media. Mm-hmm. You need to have some content if someone searches you and some pull quotes for your press. So yep. it's just like getting these little bits lined up and putting them into place. And and mm-hmm. I, I'm a strong believer that uh, you you have to go at it from many approaches. Like I do not advertise Submit Hub as the 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 one stop shop. Right? It is not the like we. Uh, people ask me for success cases, like name yeah. artists who've blown up because of Submit Hub. And I, I, right. I cannot honestly sit here and tell you that an artist has blown up because of Submit Hub, because that's just not the way it works. Sure. Like we've, we've you can help artists get the steam rolling, but they're doing other right. stuff on the side and they're yep. making awesome music and like it's a complete package. So mm-hmm. blogs fit into that complete package. That's that's it. That's great. No, no, and I that's that's a a, a really well rounded, great um on and and helpful understanding and and kind of um acknowledgement of where blogs and everything else is at right now and like like you said i think the biggest takeaway is it helps uh round out your package and helps you tell your story like personally you know i was talking with a very influential um uh dj on uh, kcrw which is one of the most one of the few, you know, it's an independent radio station here in LA, and it's still extremely influential uh, here. And, and uh, as radio goes, not much moves the needle anymore, similar to, to blogging. But there are still some, you know, influencers out there and influential stations, and this is one of them. And I was talking with him, and and I was, uh, you know, pitching him an artist, and uh, he's like, "Man, I really love this, love the artist, love the song. Can you send me some press articles to uh, so I can understand the story a little bit?" And that was really illuminating to me because it was like, oh, like it's not like because it was like, here's the bio, here's the EPK, here's the whatever. But they kind of wanted it to hear from other people's perspectives what uh, their take on it was. And it just gives a a little, you know, um, different glimpse into it. So it's still relevant and it's still people are still asking for it. And I think it it definitely still um, is there. And and I think I'm glad that that, you know. There's no, um, it, there's a there's a there's a solid acknowledgement understanding that we're not where we were ten years ago with with blog the 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 power it's not really moving the needle per se necessarily, uh, but there's a place for all of this in the package. So, um, I, I you know the final things I, I guess I want to just ask you are um, one. What, it, what? How would you encourage an artist to approach Submit Hub now and to be successful? And I guess most effective with their funds if they're coming there and to not throw away their money and to have the best happiest experience with submit hub i think we've touched on a lot of it in this discussion and i think so taking those practices into mind go small right especially if it's your first time on submit hub your first 10 submissions are going to be illuminating in -hmm. terms of of things you hated and things you liked and things you could have filtered better and lessons you've learned so uh, don't run in and spend 200 credits on your first submission. Probably going to, you're going to spread yourself thin. Okay. Um, I do think that it's really important to focus on on that, that's, that nicheness and Spotify algorithm and finding the people that really align with, with your music and your ethos. Yeah. And that takes a little bit of work. And, and sometimes that's a complaint from Submit Hub. Like, it, you know, it's a lot of time. I have to sit there, scroll through this list. Side note, new feature a month ago, there's a choose for me button where we will choose for you. Uh, 
So, so people who don't want to waste their time, we can do it. Um, but what do you mean? Probably so get... I, I could spend, I could say, here's a hundred credits. Here's my genre. Here's what I'm looking for. Choose for me. Yeah. So okay. it's algorithmic, uh, but we show you the selections before you hit submit. Okay. Okay. So it basically takes the list right there. You, I ask you your preference. Like, are you most interested in listeners, readers, or feedback? And then you rank them. And then based on that, and I, I will, and your other filters like genres. We also have moods now. We added moods uh, earlier this year. So cool. Like, is it happy or sad or? That's the new genre of Spotify. I mean, they're focused. That's they don't really not really working in genres anymore as much as it's more moods and and feeling and time of day and all that stuff. Yeah, Activity. so we've been doing moods. Next year we'll be doing. Uh, I'll be doing more work around similar artists as well, so you can plug in who you cool. sound like, and then I'll that find playlists that like would that. Be great. So that that triumvirate of 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 filters should help hone you in, so that at the end of the day, you are actually only submitting to ten or twenty curators. And you're walking away with a 30% approval rate from like highly specific, highly focused people who can sure. push you in that niche. So, so yeah, I mean, to answer your question, generally as an artist, if you're on Submit Hub, I think it's it's important to not spread yourself too thin and and try to use like that sometimes overwhelming amount of data to to really hone in on the curators who will be able to push your ultimate goal, be it mm -hmm. blog posts or Spotify players or TikTok or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. cool very helpful well jason i really appreciate you taking the time staying up late uh with me i know you're quite a few so hours late. ahead of, so late this is crazy yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. um no I, I i really appreciate it and um and you know we went a little long uh because there was so much that i wanted to cover and i i um appreciate uh you staying with me and and everyone who's listening right now staying to the end of this this is one of our longer ones but this conversation was a long time coming uh i i so much appreciate um your willingness continued willingness to evolve and improve and and taking all of the um uh, seemingly aggressive <laughs> feedback in a constructive manner, which is how it's meant to be taken. And, uh, you know, I, like I tell everybody, it's like, I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm just looking out uh, for indie musicians. And, and at the end of the day, I just want to I just want the best tools to exist for indie musicians to help artists out there succeed. And I think there's so much potential and so much good that Submit Hub is doing and has done and i just want it to be the best it can be and when i do see that there are areas for improvement i'm happy that you're uh willing and open when i mention them to you and uh, you take them to heart so thank you for that yeah that's how it's built man i gotta take that feedback yeah <laughs> submit up today is based on seven years of uh, the idea that if, if you uh, dish it, you got to be able to take it. So I, It's great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I have one final question that I ask everybody who comes on the show, and that is, what does it mean to you to make it in the new music business? Ooh, it's an interesting question. Uh, today, I think that as an artist, you are successful if you are able to enjoy releasing and sharing new music with people mm -hmm. and you're able to get the uh, acknowledgement, if you will, uh, recognition, something like that uh, for the work that you've done. And I think part of the trick to that is to not set your expectations too high. So 
you got to be passionate, know that you're doing your work, not because you're stressed out. Uh, and, and this is it. Like you've got all your money on the line. You got to make it. This is it. Like if this song doesn't work, I'm going to be living on the street. Mm-hmm. You're not making it at that point. So for me, like a successful artist is, uh, I actually saw a video earlier today of a guy who he's the whole point of the video was he's super happy now that he's got a day job because for a decade, he's been really struggling to make a living out of making music to the mm. point that it has become stressful and unenjoyable mm. and he's constantly scraping by. And now that he's got a day job, he's able to pursue that music without all the stress and he's finding he's actually making and releasing better music that he enjoys more. Cool. Still has a little bit of passive income coming, but like sure. the stress is gone. So mm. to me, making it as an artist today is is to be able to enjoy what you're doing without having to worry that the whole world's going to crumble. Jason Grishkoff, thank you so much. This is great. Cool beans. Today's episode was edited by Maxton Hunter, theme music by Brassroots District, and produced by all the great people at Ari's Take. So it is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee unlimited uploads and you keep a hundred percent of your royalties check out districtkid.com